glad that you were able to connect with us. Today, it's one more day when we are talking about a sermon series called Rooted. And we, we started talking about the Word. We talked about prayer. I don't know if you remember the other ones. We talked about missions, then discipleship last weekend. And today we are going to talk about worship. If you got all this list right, you can talk with Pastor Aaron after and he will have something special for you. Uh, before I start talking, I'd like to show you a picture from, made by Austin Parr. Uh, he reproduced the art we have for the sermon of Sam is Coming. Yes, and I, I like to take this art to invite you. Not this, this one. Yes, he made it on Minecraft. And I like to take this, yeah, would you? Just give him, yes, super cool. Yes, and I like to tell you that we have a worship arts team that works with the arts. When you see uh, like a picture we had last year, by the end of the year, uh, these things were made by the worship arts team. If you have a gift that you feel that God is calling you to use here at church, you can connect with Marisa, who is sitting here on the front row, and you can chat with her and see how you can contribute to this team, to this team. Awesome. So to start, I'd like to invite Araba to come, please, up on stage. I will have her reading the, the passages I like to, to go through. And the passage we will start reading, I'll, I invite you also to get your device or your Bible and follow us in reading. It starts on Acts, it's on chapter 16, the verses 11 to 35. Acts 16, 11 to 35. Sixteen, eleven to thirty-five. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district in Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. He sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, Come and stay in my house. She persuaded us. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face their 
They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their rooms. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their office to the jailer with the order, release those men. Amen. May the Lord bless us with his word. Let's pause and pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We have worshipped you through songs, and we believe your spirit, your Holy Spirit, is here among us, speaking to our hearts. We ask that all our thoughts, our meditation, and our words will be pleasing to you. Lord, we ask that you will open our hearts to listen to you, and that your Holy Spirit will do a supernatural work inside of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Along, along as a, a next, a long text for us to start talking about worship, lots of things to learn about that. Before I start talking about worship, I'd like to go uh, through the background, like to Try to contextualize a little bit of this passage. Everything starts with Jesus. If you go to the, the books that come before Acts, you will see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talking about Jesus, what he was doing. He was walking, walking around, teaching, and doing supernatural works. He was healing people. He was showing people how to worship. Then by the end of John, you will see him promising that he will leave the disciples, but he will send the Holy Spirit to stay with them. And you will see all the role of the Holy Spirit coming, reminding us of Jesus' words. And I suggest you to go to John 16 if you want to learn a little bit or reread or review about the role of the Holy Spirit. Then you come to Acts, the next book, 
And you have the Holy Spirit coming on chapter 2, a turning point to the church, the Pentecost. And you see the apostles going and spreading the word. And they start talking. They start walking. They start teaching and acting like Jesus, just like Jesus. If you go fast forward, you will see in chapter 8 someone who didn't like this idea of preaching about Jesus. And he starts persecuting the, these new Christians. And this, his name is Paul or Saul. And he had on the chapter 9, one chapter after, he had a supernatural experience with Jesus that changes his life. And he starts from, he moves from a persecutor to one of the most important leaders we have on this early church. Then if we jump, we will see all the journeys, like we will see Paul traveling, going to, to bring the gospel to different lands. And this time he's in his second journey, and he's followed or he's accompanied by Silas, another apostle. And so he's going with him to Philippi. You see him going there, and this is the passage. And you see these two stories that precede them going to being jailed. Because, basically, they were walking as Jesus did. They were teaching the gospel as Jesus did. And they were doing supernatural deeds. They were acting like Jesus. So let's go to the passage. We have three exciting stories. I'd like you to just identify with me. And I will quick uh, move through them, especially through the, the two first stories. But I like to focus on the third story. The first story, you have them going and meeting Lydia. She gets baptized. She receives Jesus, gets baptized, and then she invites them to stay with her. What happened before that? You see on the beginning of this story that Paul and Silas were looking for a place to pray, to worship. And on this first story, we learn about worship already. We learn one of, one of the ways we can worship the Lord. It's finding a place like being in a place, congregating with others. This is a way of worship. Worship. This is what we are doing here. We are worshiping the Lord together through our services, following the ritual, following our service order. We are, we, are uh, we call it liturgy. So this is a way of worshiping the Lord, and this is one way to see that. So they, they start looking for a place, and they find this, a place of worship, a synagogue, and then they find this group of women by the river, and then they meet Lydia, and she accepts the gospel and brings them to her home. I remember the first time when we came here, Mari and I, we came in 2015, the first thing I was looking for was a church. I was coming to study, but one of the things I was, one of the first things I was looking, where are we going to go? Yes, what is the church we are going to attend? And I made a map with all the churches around and thinking, oh, this is near to us and this and that. And then I sent an email to, to a pastor in a Brazilian church. And yes, there are lots of stories behind that. But then I sent this email to him and he promptly connected me to another Brazilian. And I said, we are going to Calgary. We need a place to, 
to attend the church. I'm going with Mara. We didn't have Sarah yet. And then this guy was from southern Brazil. He was taking very similar studies to what I was taking too. And then he said, you will need a place to stay. Before you go to church, you will need a place to stay. And you will stay at my place. And I say, no, I, I, had, I said, no, I, have, I had already everything arranged. We know where we are going to go. We rented a place. We will, from the airport, we will go to this place. I said, no, you won't. You need to stay at our place. And I, okay, what is going on? And I said, okay. And then I told Mara, yes, it was weird. But <laughs> we have to go to this place before we go to our own place. And why? We, we, we are good to go. Let's go to our place. And then we arrived here, and then we understood what happened. It was, it was the, the birthday of Canada. We came here, holiday. Yes, and everything, holidays, and we couldn't, we couldn't get into the... Nothing was working. We had to stay at his place. And just shortening the story, yeah, we try not to depend much on people, so, but just shortening the story, we stayed there for a week, and then we, we, were, moved, we, we were able to move to this place, and we, these guys, this family, Luciano, Leca, Amanda, and Mateus, they became our family. They became part of our family. They, just like Lydia, they showed this hospitality to us. They were acting like Jesus. Yes, let's go to the second, second story. I said I, it will be quick. Second story is uh, from verse 16 to 24. Again, Paul and Silas are on their way to worship. They're going to meet these ladies, and there's, a, there's another lady that comes into the story, and she comes crying out things. And do you remember what happened? She had a spirit that predicted the future. And then Paul and Silas found there an opportunity to share the gospel. They were in their way to worship. They had something from God, an opportunity to share the, to share the gospel. How many times has God given you opportunities to share the gospel when you are on your way to this place, to church? Do you remember? You know, again, I came from Brazil, and there is not uncommon. It's not uncommon to come unexpectedly to visit people. Like, maybe now it's better. People won't just knock your door. Maybe now it's better because of the device. They will tell you, I'm there I'm going there in five minutes, or less. And then they come, and then, of course, you want to be hospitable. Wow, that was, wrong. that was hard. You want to be hospitable, and then you start cooking the best meal you can. You make a barbecue, a southern Brazilian barbecue for them, and then they feel uh, well. But it happens that some people say different things. I have heard so many things because I remember when I was a kid, we used to spend Sunday on ch at church, like working at church, choir, band, brass band. I was at the Salvation Army, so we had four services, 
prayer meeting in the morning, salvation meeting, Sunday school, holiness meeting, and it was, yes, the whole day was for, was at church, the meal at church. And I remember how many times people came unexpectedly to our doors and visitors, friends. Hey, how are you? I came to spend the, the Sunday with you. And I remember how many times my mom tried to accommodate people and make them feel uh, welcome. Sometimes my father was preaching, so we had to arrange different ways to accommodate these visitors. But I'm thinking, how many times God has given us the opportunity to share the gospel, and maybe we don't see that. We don't see that, because we think maybe that is disturbing our agenda, it's disturbing our, our schedules, and that God is doing that. And when we are trying to go to worship. Let's go back to the text. If you go to the, the girl, you see a enslaved girl, enslaved girl, and that means that she had owners. Yeah, someone owned people. And this is not uncommon also in this world. If you see, if you notice that human traffic and forced labor are among the top illegal activities in the world, biggest illicit industries list. It's a sad thing. The situation was even worse for this girl. She was possessed by a spirit that predicted the future and was making lots of profit for her owners. And the girl, the girl followed Paul and Silas and she was crying out. You see on verse 17. These men who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. And she did it for many days. She did it for many days. So then Paul stopped and said, hey, you should come to worship night. No, I, I have something better. You should come to the ladies' group because there you will find other ladies and then you, you will feel better. You will know about Jesus. Yeah, no way. Or maybe the, the, online, the online, come to online church and then you will feel better. No way. Paul just said, if you go to verse 7, 18, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out Come out of her. Powerful words. He didn't invite them. Come to our group of women. They were there meeting. I command you. Sometimes we are called to be not appropriate culturally. Appropriate? Or not to do what is expected culturally. Sometimes we are called to do that. When should I do that? When should I not to be culturally adequated or do things as they are expected culturally? The Holy Spirit, the same who is here today, is the one who has the power to empower you to discern when is that time. So ask the Holy Spirit, ask in a situation, you don't need to express it in words outside, but you can internally ask while you are in this situation, 
God, how should I answer to this situation? Yes, and I said we are talking about worship, and so far I have talked a lot about the power of the Holy Spirit, I think. And the thing is that there is no worship without the power of Holy Spirit. There is no worship without the power of Holy Spirit. If you see Jesus talking with the Samaritan woman at the well, John 4, you will see also that he will say, the Lord is seeking for people who worship him in truth. In spirit and in truth. Yeah, so this is the power of the Spirit convincing us and bringing the truth for us. And this truth makes us to worship him. Yes, let's move to the next story. And I said I was going to focus on the next story. Probably one of the most expected stories for today. To me, it's the most fantastic, the most dramatic. I think I can use all the adjectives I know. The most uh, incredible. I have more here. And this is the most, actually, to me, the, the most important word, the most powerful story about worship ever told here. And I'd like you to go with me through this. I, you know, I learned lots of lessons through this passage, uh, yes, in the last decades. Yeah, it's been a while. But I'd like to share with you some of them. And if we can, in the future, we will extend more on this. We'll talk more about these uh, lessons. So if you go to the story, uh, the three, it's from the verse 25 to the 35. Are you with me? Yeah, you can say amen if you're awake, if you're understanding my words. So now Paul and Silas are in jail. This is a story. They are in jail. They are in the dark. They, you know, they have all the reasons to feel depressed, to feel uh, isolated, to feel restricted. What else? They didn't have masks, though. <laughs> but they were there in the dark, isolated, very, very bad situation. They had all the reasons, as some of us have, all the reasons to be depressed, to not feel well, to come to church heavy, uh, feeling that, yeah, I didn't want to be here. I'm coming here because my mom brought me or my dad, right? I have to be here. Like Sarah had to be here. She didn't have a choice. And yes, they, were, they could think that the world, is so, the world was so unfair to them and all this stuff. And Jesus said something that I'm pretty sure they had in their minds. And if you go to Matthew 5, 11, if you remember Jesus at the mount giving his sermon, he will say something. It's with you, Erba. Matthew 5, 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all evil, all kinds of evil against you. Yeah, awesome. Blessed are you. Yeah, I'm not talking about mass. I'm, I'm not talking about COVID restrictions, anything that we 
my thing could be like a persecution. It has nothing to do with that. They, these guys were being persecuted because they were teaching, they were acting, they were walking like Jesus again. That was the reason. And because they were walking, they reprehend, they rebuked the spirit on that girl. What do they do in jail? They start talking about the situation. They start talking, oh, it's so unfair. These people, these people brought us here. Yes, they start gossiping and talking about things that, oh, do you remember that apostle? I don't think he speaks so well about this and that. Yeah, so you see these guys. Oh, no, better. They start sleeping, right? Because it's night. It's midnight. Or they could have started crying, just crying. Or tell the other prisoners, hey, we are unjustly here. We shouldn't be here. We were, yes, we were, we suffered an injustice here. We should bring a lawyer here and, and fight for us. This is not what they did. Yes. When I think about this, this passage, I think again, and I cannot escape from that, about expectations, cultural expectations. And I, I can see Silas saying, I'm sorry, Paul. I think you have space to improve in your approach to girls, possessed girls. Or if he was Brazilian, he would say, Paul, you shouldn't have said these things. You were inadequate. You are the one. That's your fault. That's the reason we are here now. But not. These guys weren't Canadians or Brazilians, and I'm so glad, because then we wouldn't have this story here. They started praying and worshiping through songs, the Lord. Yes, and if we, yeah, I'm just thinking, they were just praying and singing. Would you do that in their situation? Would you? You can ask yourself that and, and think, what would we do if we were in this situation at church, as church? Well, so this, this first uh, passage brings me to the first, the first lesson. The first lesson to me is worship is the best answer to any situation we might be in. Any, I said. We sing that song, we praise you. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let praise be a weapon that let it rise. Let praise arise. Let faith arise. The God of breakthroughs on our side. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. We just sing, yet not I, but through Christ in me. We praise you, even when the situations are not good. This is what this situation teaches me. We praise him when everything is dark. And we see that while they were, while they were praising, the other prisoners were, were listening. They were listening. It doesn't say what happened to them if they were really considering the words, but it says that they were listening to them. It happens that people around us, they are listening to our words. We are, saying, we are singing 
Jesus, I thank for all that you've done for me. People are listening to this. People are hearing these words. How many words are they hearing? It's not only our voices that are being uh, loud in this world. Maybe there are other voices that are louder in this world, and they are listening to that. We are able to recognize Jesus' voice. This is what he says. My sheep recognize my voice. What are the voices we are listening? And what are the voices we are reproducing? Is Jesus living through us in worship and we are declaring hope, declaring peace over this peace, over this world around us? We learn in Ephesians 1, 11 to 12, that we were made to praise God. And I'd like to read this one with you. Ephesians 1, 11 to 12. In him we have also received an inheritance, because we were, we were predestined, predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we, we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. I wonder the hymns Paul was singing there, and Silas. Were they singing songs like, oh, I don't know. And I was just wondering. I think they were singing some psalms and songs that they were used to, to sing, and people were listening to them. And then it brings me to the next point, and the second lesson I have learned through this passage is that worship is about God. I know it seems so obvious. Worship is about God. Yes, it's, it means that worship is not about me, it's not about you, it's not about nature, it's not about Pastor Scott or Pastor Aaron, it's not about my taste, it's not about the community, it's not. Worship is about God. It might sound radical, yeah, but this is what we learned here. Worship is about God. It's not about arts, it's not about music. It's about God. A few years ago, my sister died. My sister was really close to me. She was one year older than me. And we were attending church a couple of days before she died. We were attending church together. She was a worship leader. She used to sing. She, she had a so beautiful voice. And Everybody recognized her as a worship leader. You could see in her ways of acting or of walking, and she was just a humble person, and every act, every word was really an expression of worship to God. To me, she was worshiping God everywhere and every time. And then she died, and two days after, I had to lead worship. Actually, it was my schedule. 
And I, I was at church like leaning twice at that time, twice a week, sometimes three, sometimes four. But then I, I went to church to lead and I did that. And then I was even later, I was questioning myself why I didn't, felt, didn't feel affected by that in terms of worship. Like when I was worshiping, I couldn't remember that she died. It wasn't in my mind at all. And I, I felt guilty a little bit because I was thinking, oh, maybe she wasn't so important to me as she was. No, the thing is that worshiping the Lord was way more important than my relationship with my sister. Worship is about God. It's not about my feelings. It's not about what I think about other people. It's about God. We bring him to the center. We bring him to the focus. And then we, what happens when we, we do that? What happens when we bring God to the center of our attention? When we bring him to the center of our service? The third lesson, God reveals himself when we worship him. God reveals himself when he worship him. God is revealing himself right now to you and to me because we are here worshiping him. This is what he's doing. Paul and Silas had no idea of that earthquake coming. They were focusing on praising and praying. They had even a chance to have their sermon after but it wasn't even planned. And that wasn't the first time, uh, actually, that Paul was in prison. And it wasn't the last two. In fact, he was in other times in, in prison. And we don't have any mention like that something like that happened after or before. It was something really uh, supernatural that happened at that time. And what we see as a result of that, of their worship, we don't see only like the natural things moving, but we see the things that are the supernatural things moving, and we see people getting converted to Jesus. One of the results and one of the expressions of God's presence is peace. And you will see that along the, the word of God. And I like to, uh, Araba, please read for me, uh, just giving you a context. Paul was again, in, when he wrote this, this passage we are going to read, Paul was again in prison. And he was sending a letter to the Philipp Philippians, the church that started in Philippi, where they were. So he sent a letter to them, saying these words. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. So Paul teaches, come with thanksgiving, come with your petitions, come praising, rejoicing, rejoicing the Lord 
I will say it again, rejoice. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When we worship the Lord, His peace invades us. His peace fills the, the place, fills our hearts. If you weren't here, you missed a lot. Last weekend, we had a worship night. I love worship nights. It's one of the, the most exciting times when we come to worship. And we had a testimony from Amethyst. Do you know Amethyst? If you don't know, you should connect with her. She's a lovely person, and she shared with us her testimony. If you weren't here, you missed that, because I won't tell you what she told us, but I will tell you just a little, like a short passage of what she told us, and it was so touching to me, I'd like to share with you. Uh, by the end of her testimony, she said, there are four things I would like to leave you with. God is who he, say, who he says he is. And she will develop it, and she will say, if you don't know, you should read your Bible, and if you don't have a Bible, I can give you one. I think the offer still stands. Talk with her. Second, he has gifted each one of us to do our part in the family of God, and she develops. Then the point number four, and I will go back to number three, come alongside, come alongside others who are seeking Jesus. And she develops more on that, but it's basically talking about what we just mentioned, like coming together with other believers to congregate, to worship. And then the point three that to me was super important, worship him in all things. Trust that he is good all the time. Worship centers your life on all that's important and eternal. And in return, you get the gift of unexplainable peace and joy, even in the hardest of hard, because you learn to train your eyes to look up at a good God instead of focusing on all that is going wrong or could go wrong. I was so blessed. What a beautiful and powerful way to talk about worship. She was talking about discipleship, but this to me was, wow, this is worship. You're invited to come to worship night every Sunday, the first Sunday in the month. Yes, we learn about worship. We worship together. We hear testimonies. We pray together. Again, God reveals himself when we worship him. Paul and Silas are singing and praying, and all the chains, this is what is written, all the chains are broken. Not just the chains of them who were praising and praying, but the chains around them were broken. And you see that, and yeah, you see that happening, all the doors opening, and because this is the character of God. This is who he is. So he comes, and this is his presence. It's Natural, it's supernatural for us, but it's his, just his presence, his character, his good. Lesson four, worship has an inward and an outward direction effect. I will have to read again. Worship has an inward and also an outward direction effect. We just talked about peace. When we worship the Lord, we are impacted by his presence. At the same time, the whole environment is impacted. The whole environment changes. We saw that by the broken chains. 
I'm pretty sure that during this service that starts, some of you came heavy. Came here and I'm feeling so heavy. And now are feeling like, oh, something happened. I'm feeling better now. Something is happening. Some of you came with challenges for this week, knowing that tomorrow you have to face them. And you felt the Holy Spirit just encouraging you to face that, or maybe just giving you the solutions, the ways to deal with that. You feel just inspired to go outside today or tomorrow to share the gospel, or to start singing, or maybe you even made a resolution during the sermon saying, now I will start worshiping and I will separate a time during the day to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. As God works inside of us while we worship Him, again, He also changes the things around us. People around us, again, are listening to our words and they are being impacted by them. The environment, are being, the environment is being impacted by our words too. We read something along these lines on Acts 2, 47. Acts 2, 47, please. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Lord added to their number. They said you have a chance to share the gospel. You see, they, they have a chance. They were well seen by the community. They had an impact. The church had an impact in the community, and they were uh, enjoying that. Again, and I, it's not enough to repeat. When we worship, chains are broken. Not only ours, but other chains are broken. Not only the chains that are maybe like you're not feeling well, for some reason, for some things in your life, and you worship, and God is able to break these chains, to break this situation. In verses 32 and 35, we can see the transformative power of God operating in the lives of people who just met him. And you'll see again that, very similar to Lydia, now you see you see uh, the, the jailer hosting Paul and Silas. The church in Philippi is a result from these acts of worship we just read. And I don't know if you're aware, but the church in Philippi was one of the most important in terms of contributing to missions, the missions of Paul, and also some other people involved in evangelistic, evangelistic missions. So at that time for church. So Philippi had a very significant role in, on the spreading of the word there. So can you imagine if, we, if our church would engage in worship on a deeper level, what will happen to us? What will happen in the city? What will happen in our neighborhoods? What will happen to people in the universities? What will happen to people in the schools? What will happen? I want to see that happening. I want to see these things happening. And I like to encourage you to walk this way of worship. 
Even the chains that are, we are not aware, chains around the city, they are not aware, they are broken when we worship Him. Let's worship the Lord. I want to encourage you to take this time of worship, this time here when we come to worship the Lord, to take it more serious, more seriously, to come on time, to come earlier, to turn your cell phone off, to keep awake, to don't get distracted, and don't come as, an ex- specta- as a spectator, yes, uh, thinking that you come here to watch Ryan and Chris sing, or Dave playing, oh, I, I love watching him. Yes, they're not here for that. They're here to bring our focus, again, to God. Like, engage actively in worship. Worship with your body. Lift your hands. Clap your hands. Jump. Dance. Say words of praise. Speak words of gratitude. You're free. Your children are being educated on that. You can also smile. Yeah, you can. Where is worship in your list of priorities? It should be on the first spots. I didn't want to say it should be in the first spot. Yes. But where? I ask you to reflect on that and think, where? Enjoy the presence of the Lord. Before I end, before I conclude, I just want to share another story. Uh, a, few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, a few years ago, I had a chance to lead worship at a different church, and then I came to practice. I saw this lady with a, a teenager girl, with her father. She was coming to practice, and she was smiling, and he, he was driving her to practice. So she was smiling. They were telling each other things, and they were like, it was a soul, you know, this scene of love, like you could see that they were enjoying their, each other. They were enjoying that. Yeah, I remember Brian too when Chloe came home and they were just enjoying their presence. It was so nice to see. I saw that too. And then this lady came in for practice and we greet and we were talking there. And by, at some point during practice, she asked me, hey, Solo, are you Pentecostal? And I, I was like, I didn't know what to answer. And then I said, I don't know. Maybe I am. <laughs> I said, maybe I am. Why, why do you ask that? And she said, it's just because she was very shy. And so, it's just because you feel so free when you are here at church. You, and you are always joyful. And you feel comfortable here. And she was almost hiding herself on, in the guitar. And, and I told her, oh, maybe I am then. <laughs> and I said, you know, I was watching you. Do you remember when you were with your father outside be- before coming to, to, to practice? And so, oh, you saw? You saw us? Yes, I, I did. And you were there and you were laughing. You were, you were smiling to him, and he was smiling to you. It was so beautiful. I guess this is the same way I feel when I come to church. Really, this is the house of your father. Your father, my father. Like you see Kira with Greg there. Like you just hug, it's so comfortable, it's not so good. I'm even jealous of not being hugged now. Yes. 
the Father is here. And he wants to grab you and just hug you as you worship him. And he just wants to, he's just there. You can just smile to him and say words of praise. Words of praise and say, God, I love you so much. And you have a chance to say that if you're, if you're not good with words. You have a chance to say that through the songs. Through the songs we sing. You can, you, you can feel free to, to say things to God even when we are not singing. And you can say your words to him. I want to conclude by challenging you to invite the Holy Spirit to make this, to shape your life. And I know that he is inspiring you. He is bringing words to your mind that are not, that are far beyond of my words. But he is working in your heart. I'd like to uh, invite you to stand and we will read together a song. And, and then we are concluding this part. Psalm 15, let's read all together. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may leave the one who speaks the truth? So, there's no wrong. Has no fear. Despises a vile person, honors those who fear, gives and knows. Plans Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you.